The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. We're always talking about the law of unintended consequences on this programme. Well, new PRSI rules could see employers offering to increase the pay of older workers if they take the state pension. Anyone turning 66 has the option of deferring the state pension for up to four years in return for a higher payment when they do decide to take the state pension, but they will also have to continue paying 4% PRSI. So this could see employers encouraging staff to take the pension to split the benefit of lower PRSI charges. So the idea is you keep working, your employer keeps paying you, you opt for the state pension because you're entitled to it, and because you're taking the pension, you don't pay any PRSI, even though you're still working. It's um, it's one of those curious things. Joining me now to explain this is a partner with PwC, Mono O'Dwyer. Good morning. Hi, Pat. How are you? Good morning. Now, I, this is a, a fascinating little nugget. I mean, perhaps it's an anomaly. Uh, perhaps it won't even be taken up by many people. But in theory, um, it, it could work. I, I think that's right. So in, in theory, I think, the maths you've articulated uh, are correct. Um, Probably the point just to add in is employer PRSI is also payable. It's just over 11%. And I think when you refer to splitting the difference, I think that's the bit uh, that an employer in theory might uh, split with an employee. So so just to clarify, if you do take the state pension at 66 uh, even if you, you know, whether you continue in, in permanent employment or do a few odd jobs for somebody and get paid, is employer PRSI and employee PRSI gone? Yes. Okay. So once you, so, so today before the, so if you take a small step back, the state pension um, prior to 1 January 2024 was payable from age 66. From this year onwards, um, an eligible person has the ability to defer drawing the state pension out until age 70. And that's uniquely a positive policy change because it creates flexibility and choice. It allows uh, impacted individuals accrue more PRSI contributions, which may allow them to become eligible for the state pension. And simply it helps with affordability. If you defer, you get more of a state retirement pension and, and that simply helps people live more comfortably mm. in retirement. Yeah. Now, how much extra positive. do you get? If you defer by four years, how much extra do you get? Uh, so, so the increases are, and you're going to like the phrase, actuarially neutral. So um, effectively, if you live a normal life expectancy, you get the same amount over your lifetime. So, so the changes allow you get a higher amount but for a shorter period. So you don't get more in aggregate. You just get um, you get okay. just get it over a shorter so period. In theory, it doesn't cost the state anything. But meantime, the state is coining it from the employer and the employee on PRSI. So uh, yeah, the yeah. state is actually making money on this uh, scheme. Uh, so I think what... I think the principle that's been adopted here is that you pay into the social insurance scheme until you draw down from the social insurance scheme. I don't think that's a terrible principle. Um, No, but it does mean if you do the math, it means that the uh, state is now getting the 11% from the employer and also getting the 4% from the employee for an extra four years. And actuarily, the person when they retire at 70 is only 
going to, in total, over their lifetime, get the, the, the money they would have got from 66, just slightly yeah. lower amounts every week. Yeah, and I think that's right. So I think that maths is correct. But there's more persuasive maths that I think stands in front of all of this. I think the reality for most people, if they sit down and figure this out, is that they will draw the state retirement pension from 66. So so it's when you say the state is coining it, I think we might be talking about a small minority of circumstances because when, when, when I sit and, and do the financial analysis, I believe it's quite compelling um, for somebody to draw the state retirement pension from 66. There are exceptions, as I said, where somebody doesn't have full eligibility or full credits uh, to make them eligible for the state retirement pension or where affordability is an absolute concern. But that is a minority. Um, so, so I do think the maths are interesting. Um, I do think the policy change is positive. And I think over time, the state and the Department of Social Protection will learn about the choices that people are making in reality. And I think this will all be quite progressive for retirement policy in this country. Yeah. Now, the the question of whether or not people can continue to work, I mean, what's the law now? Uh, Because we know in the civil service they can go until they're 70. But an employer might say, uh, you've got the state pension now, you're 66, uh, we're not going to keep you on uh, for another four years paying the PRSI, you know, uh, off you go, sunshine. Or can someone say to any employer, I'm sticking around? Yes, so so this is an area that is changing almost on a a day-to-day basis. So uh, legislation is planned for later this year, which will disallow mandatory retirement ages that are uh, below the state retirement pension age. So going forward, uh, you have to have a retirement age of at least 66. But even over and above that, uh, you need uh, an objective justification for uh, making somebody uh, take retirement. It's not as simple as um, simply saying, you know, you've reached a certain age, therefore you will retire. And and the law is changing and, and case law is changing in this area in particular. Mm. And And of course, uh, Garthi and um, members of the military uh, retire at an earlier age. uh, And, you know, famously, some of them didn't want to go. Uh, No, I think that's right. And I think, like, everything is uh, role-specific. And I think, like, I I can, and again, I'm not a guard and not a military person, I can understand why it may be appropriate to have a, a, a different retirement age in certain occupations where there's a specific demand within that occupation. Um, Again, I'm just not qualified to comment on either of those two occupations. Um, And and yes, it does create lots of different challenges. Uh, You've picked two professions. Right across industry, people are finding that they're in really good health when they get to their 60s. Uh, They're still fully engaged when they get to their 60s. And work is important to them. And and having an effective and efficient transition out of the workforce is probably an area that that needs more consideration. And to go back where we started, the change in state retirement age does prompt and provoke some thought on that. Yeah. And I suppose the other thing to bear in mind is that if you are going to take the state pension at 66 and your employer is happy to keep you on, you're also earning a wage every week. So the combination will make you feel a lot better off, I suspect. And you've yet to draw down your private 
pension benefits. So yeah, so you're drawing the state retirement pension, you're receiving an income from your employer, and you've yet to draw down your private pension benefits. Um, and that's a very neat way to be moving into retirement. So, yeah. so I think flexibility and adaptability around all of this uh, is a very good thing. And I think we'll see much more exploration of it across the next few years. Now, a c- couple of things. Uh, to me, says one texter, this is uh, rising the pension age to 70 by stealth. It's paving the way for the future. Well, you know, different political parties have articulated uh, the need to do that, but then the opposition will pipe up and say no, so it never gets done. Even though, you know, years ago, when you retired at 65, you were fairly knackered. It didn't last long after you retired. And now people are living into their 90s in relatively good health. I think, like, obviously, we've had a lot of debate in this country around the state pension age. Um, I think this is smart policy in that it enables those who wish to work on to draw a higher pension benefit to do that. Um, it also allows those who wish the flexibility of having the state pension available to them at age 66 to do that. Um, is it raising it to 70 by stealth? I'm not sure. I, th- I think what it does is it deals with a very difficult policy issue where it's very difficult to build consensus in yeah. really quite a smart way. Uh, this is slightly off the point from a listener. You mightn't be able to answer this, but uh, can your expert confirm that if you draw down your occupational pension after age 50, you pay 4% PRSI, but you get zero benefits? So, um, so, when we, when, in, in terms of PRSI, PRSI doesn't apply to pension benefits, okay? So, um, so I think for that caller, that just needs to be factored in. In other words, if you, if you draw down so much, so suppose you draw down 20 grand a year from your occupational yeah. pension, you don't pay PRSI on that. Now, you no. pay tax if you're eligible for it, but you, you don't do. pay PRSI. You pay universal social charge, you pay income tax depending on your band, uh, but you don't pay social insurance. All right, very good. Very interesting. Uh, as I say, the law of unintended consequences sometimes comes into play. But uh, Monroe Dwyer, partner with PwC, thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.